Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. I am literally buzzing with excitement as I look forward to March 15th of this year. I feel the same as I did when I was a little guy looking forward to my birthday. Well, except for the year that they forgot about my birthday. But that's for another podcast. I'm looking forward to March 15th because my favorite television show of all time is launching its third season. Now, I learned about this show a few years ago when my friend Ryan Crone kept asking me if I'd watched it. Have you seen it, Ted? Have you seen it? You got to watch this show. And every time I saw him, he was totally hyped about it. And he just kept saying, you have to watch it. He was like, Ted, it's a crazy optimistic guy who's a soccer coach. Hmm, weird parallels. I remember seeing the spoof commercials on NBC and thinking, I don't need any more mocking of soccer players or the game because I dealt with that enough in the 80s. But then he just kept wearing me down. Now, I don't watch a lot of television or go to movies, so my body never really appreciates when I sit still with nothing to do for too long. I feel guilty sitting still, so I don't binge anything. However, I do watch when I run in the morning if I'm on a treadmill. I tend to watch things that have a lot of action or suspense. That makes the run go by faster and allows me to stay engaged instead of staring at the mile counter. I mean, running 20 miles every morning is tough enough. It's actually like three or five miles. The show, the show that he got me to watch is called Ted Lasso. And I have not watched a TV show that's so quotable since I watched Seinfeld. I would be running in the morning and actually stop the treadmill, grab my phone and start taking notes. And after two seasons of the show with the third season coming up, oh, I have pages and pages of notes and examples of leadership and very quotable quotes. Weirdly, the name Ted has never been very popular. I was the only Ted at my school. I never met a Ted except for my dad. And the only other famous Ted in the media for my generation was Farmer Ted from 16 Candles. And that wasn't very cool for me. Well, eventually Theodore Huxtable saved the day. But until my Ted talks took off, (laughs) most people didn't even have a friend named Ted. Well, When my friend Ryan told me I needed to watch Ted Lasso, I finally caved and I have a friend named Ted. And I loved every minute of the show. And as we approach March 15th, I have this really weird, I really, really want to see it, but I don't want to because I know it's that last episode, last season kind of feeling. Now, the premise of the show, if you have not seen it, is that Ted Lasso was a national championship Division II American college football coach who gets an offer to coach a Premier League English soccer team, football, to the rest of the world. Now, imagine if we just hired a random coach from Europe to coach like the Dallas Cowboys or the Packers. No one would understand what we were doing or why we would do it. And that's the premise of the show. Further, he walks into a bad divorce situation between the owner's and was set up by the current owner to destroy the team. But he doesn't know that. But his optimism, well, it makes him an incredibly lovable guy. And eventually, everyone everyone of the people rooting against him falls in love with him. Well, almost everyone. The leadership lessons and mindset tricks found in this extraordinarily well-written show are constant. Every episode, a different character swoops in with some sort of great life lesson, and I would highly recommend you get Apple TV just to watch this show alone. If you've seen the show, you know that Ted is a fantastic character. But my favorite one on the show is actually Roy Kent, 
the tough guy that turns out to be a soft-spoken teddy bear in disguise. I've often thought about having viewing parties for people who want to continue to grow their leadership and watch Ted Lasso together, and then after each episode discuss what is applicable in their leadership and what we saw on the show and how we found it relevant to our own lives. Now, remembering that we are all leaders who have influence over others and that we lead by charging optimistically into the storms we're facing, like the buffalo, we need to constantly find fuel, fuel for this the idea that we have to keep moving, that we have to keep ourselves fresh and understand that optimism is like a solar-powered battery. And without surrounding ourselves with others who radiate optimism, well, we can burn ourselves out a little bit. No better fuel for you as an optimist than to learn from the Ted Lasso character. So I went back into my phone and I want to share with you the quotes from the show, their leadership application, and what I believe they mean for each of us as individuals. There is a scene where Ted is coaching someone who's getting stuck in their own head and constantly losing confidence after failing. Great leaders know it's okay to fail. Wait, no, it is expected that we fail. What we take from it and what we learn from it are what is important. But when we are leading and moving and supporting others, we can't stop what we are doing or fear failure. Perfection can be paralyzing, which is why when I heard Ted say to a player, you know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? It's got a 10-second memory. I thought, boom! I love this! I love this because so often we get stuck in our own head in leadership and life. Sometimes we just need to move forward and forget, like a goldfish, the actions of others, their responses to us, sometimes a look from someone else. Sometimes we don't meet our own expectations, and instead of being able to move forward, there we stand with a sudden spinning in our mind, a new and weird narrative, and instead of moving forward, we get stuck like really stuck, and then for the next hour, afternoon, day, or week, we just beat ourselves up, casting blame on ourselves or others. Well, a great leader learns quick, adjusts, and moves on. We never completely forget, but in the art of leadership, we have certain things that we need to keep short memories about or completely forget. That feeling of failure that dooms many of us to low energy needs instead to take on the goldfish principle, and we need to just forget it and go. The second standout quote from my phone for me is very applicable when we work with others. Sometimes when we collaborate with others, team with others, report to others, and support others, we can have disappointing outcomes. We can be frustrated with the lack of growth or gain, and we can also begin to lose faith in those around us. Now, when I heard Ted Lasso after a particularly hard moment tell his team, I promise you there is something worse out there than being sad, and that's being alone and sad. Ain't no one in this room alone. Sometimes as teammates and a leader, we need to reframe the situation. My father-in-law planted a seed in my mind many years ago that now many people attribute to me, and that is that when I almost always find myself around people when we have a problem, I find myself saying, what a good problem. A good problem is not getting all the way to your goal, but instead at the end of your failed attempt, looking around to see others still standing together and by your side, not being alone. These moments of hard work that don't pay off are sad, but we're never alone when we team with others and collaborate together. So often we fail to see all of those around us after lost, a missed chance, a tragedy, or a missed opportunity, because there's tons of people around us. There really aren't missed opportunities in our lives. There are only missed opportunities for improvement. And when we have others around us, well, we can be sad, but we're never alone. 
I feel like I have brought this one up before, but I think the best scene in the history of television is when Ted Lasso takes on Rupert, the old and meddling ex-husband of Rebecca, the owner of the team, in a pub in a game of darts. So there is Ted in a pub playing darts, and he is, as he says, white knighting. That's when you unnecessarily defend someone else, and you demonstrate great empathy and move into their shoes to support them. So what Ted does is he challenges Rupert to a game of darts on a pretty significant bet, and he pretends he doesn't know how to play. Another ploy. I'll let you watch it, but at the climax of the scene, Ted gives this speech. Guys, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman, and it was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. I seriously began to wonder if the writers of the show listened to my podcast, and I went wild at the end of the scene. My grandma Nitsky used to say the same thing. We don't judge, we understand. Great leaders, like in this scene, don't underestimate others. They don't judge others. They don't mess with others. They're curious. They inquire. They seek to understand. Support those in need, and they charge hard into the storms for themselves and all around them. As leaders, we are obligated to seek the best versions of ourselves each day. We are also obligated to step in for those who are vulnerable, underserved, underappreciated, and underestimated. Standing by idly? Ha! leads to more of the same, and too many of us need to learn the skill of curiosity, because when we're curious, we are seeking understanding. Once we understand, we can then support, we can problem solve, we can move resources, heck, we can move mountains, for those we've just met and those we care about every single day. Speaking of which, my next quote I put on my phone is this, I think that if you care about someone and you got a little love in your heart, There ain't nothing you can't get through together. I was working with a group of leaders a few weeks ago, and someone said, this is a difficult time of the year, and I'm getting a little tired of some of the people I have to work with. I responded and went all obnoxious optimist on them. Well, first of all, you get to work with them. It's a choice. If you care about them a little bit, find what it is you love them for and get through whatever it is you're struggling with. A little love in your heart means that you value them, need them, care for them, and want them to be their best. Weirdly, by advocating with love for others, you'll find yourself on the winning end of leadership and engagement for yourself. Love is defined many ways by many people, but the origin is desire and affection. The desire to be with, support, care for, and commit to others. And when we work with others, serve others, and are around others, we always have a choice. And when things are tough, we lean into the desire to support others to their own success. Ted Lasso is on to so many things in the show, and he's on to something specifically here, and that is basically when the world presents difficulties, we have to go to the root of serving others, and that is the desire to find success for all of those around us and help them grow. The next one is a great way to ensure that you support feedback from everyone all the time. Many times, leaders ask people for their input, and sometimes people don't see their input in the final decision. It drives me wild when I hear people say things like, well, I always tell them what needs to be done, but nobody listens. That statement has zero empathy. First, leaders need to make final decisions, decisions they have to live with, defend and support. Second, leaders have more knowledge of the situation, the moving parts, and all of the factors. 
So when I heard Ted Lasso say, I want you to know I value each of your opinions, even when you're wrong. (laughs) I paused the show, typed it out, and watched it over and over again. It fueled a little part of me that has always resented hearing that comment from other people. Leaders really do thrive on feedback, the chance to learn more, hear other perspectives. But in the end, you have to live with your own decisions. And no matter how good the advice is, sometimes it's just wrong in that moment for you. Now, the last one. I think that most people really struggle with results when they didn't go the way we expected it. And when I heard, there's two buttons I never hit, all right? And that's panic and snooze. I started laughing and then hit pause on the television remote. As I was standing with both of my feet on the treadmill deck and the belt whizzing along below me, I could not stop thinking about all the people in my life that love panic and sleep longer on issues than they should. I can't let things hang over my head. Anything that lingers to me is like a concrete pail around my neck. It pulls me down. And too often, we need a courageous partner around us to help us when we want to hit the panic button. Failure in life is as needed for our success as water is to our survival. And without an occasional surprise, falter, or failure, we find ourselves stagnant, not growing, and obviously a person who has mastered taking no risks at all. The idea of never hitting the panic button means simply that when a problem emerges, we seek a process, other people, and ideas to get us moving forward. Watch the clip from the Apollo 13 movie when they're spinning around the world, the earth or the moon or one of the two. I can't remember which they're orbiting, but they're trying to save the astronauts on earth because they're flying around freezing to death. Nobody panicked. They immediately went to action. We are humans. We're innovative by nature. And yet some of us hit the snooze button. I once heard someone in a leadership profile meeting describe a colleague who we all knew was a procrastinator of Olympic proportions. Well, they described him as someone who was actually really, really patient and was willing to wait for the problem to disappear before they would challenge it. Cows, cows pessimistically procrastinate, and they need people around them to help them see that they can and should act. Hitting the snooze button while in panic mode, well... I can assure you that it won't end well. Fires always put themselves out eventually, but only after consuming everything that will burn. Leaders panic when no one around them acts. Recognize that we're all obligated to support each other, no matter the conditions. We are who we aspire to be, and we are influenced by who we surround ourselves with. Now, the final lesson of Ted Lasso is that over the course of two seasons— He is not afraid to bench the most talented players if they are not willing to support, invest in, or help the culture. However, he is also quick to forgive and let people move forward. Leadership is everywhere, and lessons are ever-present. If you live life as a leader with a sense of one of my favorite words, wanderlust, constantly wandering around looking for growth, learning, and adventure, you'll find it. You'll also have your optimistic batteries charged to 100%. So let's do some smart thinking. List one quote from this episode you can apply today in your own leadership. Describe how you can support others while focusing on optimism and honesty. And list your favorite resource for optimistic inspiration. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. And please make sure to share this episode and rate it on your platform. 
Also, please follow the Well Pennies on their platform, your platform, your favorite place to listen to music or anywhere that you hear music in order to support them because they have awesomely allowed me to use their music catalog for so long. Now, life is a pretty amazing adventure, and each of us have a narrative of our own, as well as the one other leaders create about us. I often think of the impact we each have as we enter the pages of each other's books, and I have a strong desire to be, in print, in a positive way, in the books of others. Leaders need to be conscious all the time of their impact upon each other and those they serve. And that is why seeking fuel from a variety of places is so important. Be creative in your efforts to learn more about leadership. It's on TV. It's in books. It's in movies. It's in plain sight. One more quote, and it's when he says, I've been hearing this phrase y'all got over here that I ain't too crazy about. It's the hope that kills you. Y'all know that? Y'all know I disagree, you know? I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. See, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. Me too, Ted. And that's what I want you to reflect upon here as you enter whatever your next challenge is. We need to believe in ourselves, have the courage to continue to grow, and most importantly, just to be us. Be genuine, vulnerable, and focused on growing forward into the storm every single day. I'm going to end with a song from the Well Penny's first album, and I've always loved it. It's called, I Hope You Notice Me. And I think as leaders, we need to be empathetic to the fact that many around us will be filled with hope if you just take a moment to notice them. Everybody and you Alone On the other side of the room But you Seem like the only one there Just watching the world unaware And I hope you notice me
seem like the only one there Just waiting for someone to care And I hope you notice me I hope you notice me